So let's pray this morning and ask God to help us as we look into his word and uh, as we look about this message being called Counselor. Amen. So Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name. God, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and, and your mercy. We thank you for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that as we're going to read here today, once again, we're going to see that there was going to be a son born. It was going to become a savior. It was going to be the Messiah. Lord, we know him as Jesus. We have the ability now and, and the privilege to look backwards on this, Lord. But at the time this was written, it was uh, uh, looking forward. <clears throat> so, Lord, we give you thanks that we live in the time which we live. Our times are in your hands and you've allowed us to live knowing that Jesus has already come and become our Savior and we now get to walk with him each and every day. Father, as we look into your word today, I pray that you open our eyes. Lord, let our ears hear what the Spirit says today and let our hearts understand your scriptures as we read them today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So we're going to talk about today about a counselor. And I just want to read uh, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. uh, And then we'll go back and we're just going to talk about the part where it says he'd be called counselor. So Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called, and here we are with these five things. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And then verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. As I was thinking about this, some of the notes for this lesson came with the other lesson, and I realized it'd be too much for one, and so I already had a good background of what the Lord wanted to talk about today. Uh, But all this week, I just kept hearing this in my mind. I kept hearing this voice, kept saying something about a counselor. What do you think about a counselor when you talk about a counselor? Let's, Let's look at a couple of those things. When it says that Jesus would be called the counselor, what is that saying? Said unto us a son, uh, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called. Of course, we've already done wonderful, and his name will be called Counselor. Think about that this way: the Messiah was going to be a man of excellent wisdom. When you think about a counselor, it's somebody that can give you advice. So he would possess wisdom that would supersede that of a normal human being. When this passage is being proclaimed here by Isaiah, it's not just going to be that he's just going to be another wonderful person and another guy that can counsel. There was thousands of counselors who had lived previously and were alive at the time when Jesus was born, but something was going to be different about him. His name would actually be called Counselor. So he was going to have wisdom that superseded normal human beings. He would be a man with a profound ability to explain God's word and its truth, a counselor. He would be a man whose counsel or his advice was completely accurate and not based on intellectual suppositions. That's very important. There's a lot of smart people in this world, even today, and they've got a lot of good-sounding theories, but Jesus didn't base his uh, counsel upon theories. He based it upon the truth of God's word. Amen? Amen. Unlike normal earthly counselors, the Messiah would possess two unique characteristics. I see these two characteristics as I think about counselor. 
The first being that he would be an advisor with true godly wisdom. True godly wisdom. He wouldn't be about trying to get himself something more than somebody else or you know how people has wrong motives for everything they do. A lot of people who are getting paid right now to be a, be a counselor, supposedly helping people, if you told them they weren't going to get paid, they'd quit doing it immediately. But this was going to be based on Jesus' love for humanity and with true godly wisdom. And second, that he would be an advisor who was approachable, someone who was like a friend. Amen. So let's take a look at a few of the things that I just jotted down in notes. Counselors are people who give advice to others. When you think about the word counselor, it's somebody that will give you advice. Why? Because they know something you don't, or they've experienced something maybe you haven't, right? They're qualified to give their advice because they have information or an area of expertise that we don't. Usually their advice is based on experience or some kind of a study that's revealed a pattern on how people act in certain situations. So these counselors develop theories based on their experience or their studies, and they give advice accordingly, right? Many times their advice is wrong, however, because they don't know the full story. How many knows that when you've got somebody giving you a story about when they've experienced wrong or something like that, it's always skewed to their favor. That's why they always say you need to hear both sides and see what was going on. So a lot of times the counselor, they only hear one side of the story, and so they give their advice based on that, and a lot of times it's wrong. But this one whose name who would be called counselor knew all things. And so he could be called counselor because he knew the things that people were withholding from him. He knew the very intents and the thoughts of people's hearts. And therefore, he could be called counselor. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Jesus proved that he was the counselor. And his name was counselor because he knew all the details even when people were withholding information. How many times in the scripture does it say, and he knew their thoughts? It's popped out at me this week, that line. And he knew their thoughts. I wrote down a few. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said, healed a paralyzed man. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and some of the people that didn't like Jesus, they heard that and they hadn't even said a word yet. And they started thinking, well, this guy, who can, how is he able to forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. And you remember what the scripture says? And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, which is easier to say? Take up your bed and walk, or your sins are forgiven. Amen? In Mark 12, verse 15, the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus about whether it was legal or not to pay taxes to Caesar, right? They're trying to trip him up. They're trying to make him look bad in front of people because most of the people didn't like Caesar. They wanted Caesar to go. They felt about Caesar a lot like we feel about Biden. It's time for him to go. Get him out of here. He's a mess, right? That's how the Jewish people felt about Caesar in these days. So they said, well, what do you think about? Should God's people pay taxes to somebody like that? And the Bible says, once again, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, bring me the piece of money. Who does it belong to? If it belongs to Caesar, then give it to Caesar. If it belongs to God, give it to God. Amen? So he was called counselor because he knew even the thoughts and intents of people's hearts. In Luke 11... You will remember this story. Jesus was accused of casting out a demon by the power of Beelzebub, right? 
They got mad because he was casting demons out. They weren't happy that somebody was being delivered. They were just upset. Well, he's doing that by the power of the devil. And once again, the Bible says in Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, how can Satan work against himself and cast himself out? Right? See, when it says his name will be called Counselor, he knows things that we don't know. He knows the very hearts of people that might be tricking us and trying to lie to us, right? In John chapter 4, this is probably one of the, the ones that really stand out to me. When Jesus was talking with the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, you remember Jesus said, go call your husband. Come bring him here. I want to talk to him. She said, well, I don't have a husband. Jesus knew her thoughts. He said, yeah, you've spoken the truth. You've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. So you did say the truth. You don't have a husband. See, his name shall be called Counselor. He knows even the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. Amen? And one that really summarizes this point I'm making to you this morning is in John 8, 23. Listen to this. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. That's because his name is Counselor. Amen? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Counselor. Amen? Sometimes lawyers are referred to as a counsel, right? They say that sometimes that uh, they can give you wise counsel or legal counsel. So sometimes a counselor can also be called a lawyer. They had those in Jesus' day as well. They had them as far as the civil part of it. They also had lawyers for the religious side of things. But lawyers have a, a deep and a great understanding of laws and can give advice about details that most people are unaware of. You know, a lot of times when you get into some kind of legal situation, you only know one little part of the law, and you think, okay, well, I'm right because of this, and then you can speak with a lawyer, a counselor, an advisor, and they'll say, well, no, now there's also part of the law that says this, so when those come into conflict, here's probably what's going to happen. So you see that they, they know a lot of things about the law and the rules and the regulations that everybody else doesn't know, Right? Think about the interesting point of this, that Jesus discussed scriptures that nobody else ever talked about, including the lawyers of his day. Think about this way. Six times in Matthew, I looked them up yesterday, that I could find. Six times in Matthew, Jesus used some variation of this phrase. Have you not read in the law? Have you not read when... Moses did this. Have you not read when David did this? Have you not read in the book of Moses? Jesus was saying, y'all are quoting all the scriptures that feels good to you, but I'm here to tell you there's a lot more in that Old Testament scripture than you that you've been leaving out, and they, these things apply as well. So he used that phrase at, at least six times that I know of, <clears throat> just in the book of Matthew. And... He was talking to people who were skeptics who thought they knew everything about the Old Testament. They were even referred to and called lawyers. Oh, if you want to know about that Bible, you talk to that guy. You want to know about the book of Moses and the prophets? Talk to those people. And when those people didn't like Jesus and were skeptics of believing he was who he was, 
Jesus said, have you not read in the law? The book you claim to know, have you not read it back there? So you see his name is Counselor. He is called Counselor. Praise God. This was one that really stirred him up. And it's my favorite one as far as this point I'm making of the six times he said this. In Matthew 21, <clears throat> Jesus said this. When they were rejecting him as the Son of God and he was, they were saying he was a fraud, that he was a blasphemer, on and on and on, they did not believe he was who he was. Jesus replied one time and said, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? There was scripture in the Old Testament that spelled out and clearly defined that the people who were in charge when the Messiah came were going to reject him. And Jesus said, have you not read that? Because they were always saying, right? Oh, well, no, no, we know the Messiah is going to do X, Y, Z, and this is what he's going to be, and this is what he's going to look like, and this is how he's going to act. They always said that. And they were rejecting him, and Jesus said, have you ever read that part? that they were going to reject the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it was marvelous in your eyes. How is it that Jesus could do such a thing? Because His name is called Counselor. Amen? Amen. And now a couple of things that I just jotted down. Those two points that I said that stand out about Jesus of being a counselor. One was that the Messiah was going to be an advisor that had godly wisdom. True godly wisdom. Not some blowhard who thinks they know everything and they get it wrong all the time. He was going to be an advisor or a counselor with godly wisdom. I want you to think about a couple of things here this morning. The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Has there ever been any more wisdom uttered on this earth about godly living and what God requires of human human beings than the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went up on that mountain and said, and when he was sat, he began to teach the people. The Beatitudes, the forgiveness of sins toward our brethren, the pain of our alms, of the fasting and praying, and all the things that he covered in this one sermon. Think about that. The Messiah was going to have to be an advisor that had godly wisdom. So the wisdom for godly living given there by far exceeds anything else ever uttered by mankind. And that would include that of Moses and Solomon. Jesus even said that one time. Behold, a greater than, so- oh, greater than Solomon's here. And Solomon was given credit as being the wisest man to ever live. But Jesus said, I have wisdom that supersedes that of Solomon. Because why? My name is Counselor. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Jesus demonstrated wisdom beyond the scope of a mere human being. Suddenly God's Word, after He began to utter the things that He uttered, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, suddenly God's Word made sense to people. Oh, I understand now what God requires. He wants us to be meek people who trust in Him with everything and forgive one another. If we want forgiveness, we have to forgive one another. Those things Jesus began to speak all of a sudden became so simple to us in our mind. Oh, I get it. Because we've received true counsel. Amen? Amen. 
to those who weren't considered intellectual elites who studied at Cambridge and Harvard and all the places that you can study and become very intelligent. To those people who haven't done that, God's Word makes perfect sense when we read the words of Jesus. How is that possible? Because He's the Counselor. Amen? Amen. Think about it this way. He had to be the Messiah, had to be an advisor with godly wisdom. He said that. He's going to be Counselor. So the Sermon on the Mount. What about the parables? You ever think about the parables? The parables Jesus spoke revealed deep spiritual truths in the simplest of ways. You ever thought about that? Using natural illustrations to provide deep spiritual truth. Well, somebody would say, well, people's been doing that from, from the beginning. But Jesus did it in a very unique way. Think about this. Unexplainable to our understanding, these deep spiritual truths revealed in the parables, they're only revealed to those of a humble and believing heart. Those that are prideful and boastful and unbelieving, it's hidden from their eyes. They don't get it. They're like, what, what's the deal? I don't understand. Those who have a proud and unbelieving heart are not allowed to understand the simplicity of God's truth. Remember in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus was talking about this. They come and asked Him, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He said, It's because it's been given to you to understand because you believe in Me. But to those who reject Me, it's not given to them to understand. Because it was prophesied in Isaiah. That's how it was going to be. Amen? Amen. I'll read you that passage. If you want to jot it down, that you can look at it later. It's in Matthew 13 and 10. The disciples said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them, Because it has been given to you, those who believe, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, those that don't believe, it's not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have in abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. His name will be called Counselor. His wisdom is for those who trust in Him and believe in Him. And His wisdom and His advice is that of a godly nature. Amen? Amen. And secondly, the Messiah was going to have to be an advisor who was approachable. Counselor. A counselor is somebody that you can talk to. A lot of people will, will tell you in life that the, per, the person in their life the, whom they could talk to the, the easiest was always their mom. Very, so a lot of people who can say that. okay, Maybe some can't, but that's just a general rule that, that, that people's mother is somebody that they can go talk to about anything. They can't talk to their dad sometimes. They don't know if he's going to understand or whatever. But mom works as a counselor in that way. And the Messiah was going to have to be somebody that was like that, that could be approached, that you could talk to. How many knows that there have been religious leaders come along before Jesus, but they weren't approachable? Even think about King Solomon. He sat up on his golden throne and general normal people didn't get access to him, Right? But think about Jesus. <laughs> he went out into the villages to where people were the poorest and he was accessible. He was approachable. Amen? 
So he's going to have to be an advisor who's approachable like a friend. Jesus was always willing to answer questions and give advice to those in desperate circumstances. I jotted down just a few. I want to share them with you. Jesus was approachable. He is the the counselor because he's approachable. Think about Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He didn't understand being born again. How many knows that John 3.16, they call it the golden text of the Bible. We teach it to Sunday school children. It's easy to memorize. And a lot of people who aren't even Christians, they know that verse. But what a lot of people don't think about is that verse came about, Jesus spoke that sentence in response to a question from Nicodemus, how can a man be reborn? Can he re-enter his mother's womb? I don't understand, Jesus. I know you're the rabbi. I know you're a great teacher. And I know God has to be with you because nobody can do the things you do. But I don't understand. Rebirth. And guess what? Jesus answered his question. Because he is that approachable counsel that didn't just say, sorry, you're shut out. Nope. He answered his question and helped him to understand The disciples asked Jesus once. They said Jesus was explaining to them about they were going to have to forgive their brother. And no matter how many times he sinned against him, if they come and they repent, you've got to forgive them. And they said, well, Lord, help our faith. Increase our faith. how, How can you do that? And Jesus said it's very simple. He answered their question. Just simply do the things I've asked you to do. Obey me and that's how your faith increases. It doesn't make you some super wonderful warrior that nobody can talk to. It doesn't make you some great warrior that uh, the devil can't ever bother you anymore like a lot of people think and teach. Jesus told them when they asked, Lord, increase our faith. He said, just do what I've asked you to do. Forgive one another. Love one another as I've loved you. And obey me. That's all I ask. That's a faithful person. See, that's what Jesus is saying. If you want your faith, if you want to be a person of faith in Him, just do as He's asked. Amen. So He gladly answered that question. Then there was a the father of a demon possessed boy. He had brought the he brought the demon possessed boy to the, his disciples, and they couldn't cast the demon out. This father now is desperate. He comes across Jesus, and he said, "Jesus, I don't know what else to do." I brought this boy to, to your disciples. They couldn't cast this demon out. Please, will you help him? Will you please help him? And Jesus said an interesting statement. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Do you believe? And the man said, I believe. And then he witnessed and he also said, Lord, help my unbelief. He was calling on the counselor. You know what it takes to do this? I believe that you can do it, but there's still doubt in my mind. Help my unbelief. And guess what happened? Jesus rebuked the demon and he left and was gone. He's approachable because he's the counselor. Amen. Think about this when the disciples asked Jesus another question. How many... Thank you, Jesus. How many books expository writings have been been published about prayer in the Christian world. And the disciples were having the same question. Lord, teach us to pray. 
And Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know the rest. Jesus, as the counselor, gladly answered her question about this is how you pray. There's not some secret trick. There's not some secret thing you do that's going to make your prayers get answered to somebody else. Just believe in God and pray after the manner in which the counselor taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. They asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught us to pray. He's a counselor, the counselor, who's approachable. Amen. He's like a friend. And the last couple of points I want to make before we close today. Jesus invited everyone with burdens to come to him. This Messiah was going to have to be a counselor who was approachable. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 11? I'll read this to you. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When Isaiah uttered these words 700 years before Christ would come, he said his name would be wonderful. We talked about that. His name would be Counselor. And when Jesus said, come to me, if you have problems, if you have issues, come to me and I'll help you. That's a Counselor. Amen. How many knows? Praise God. I hadn't even thought of this. An earthly counselor, you've got to make an appointment. You might be going through something really bad right now and you can't get an appointment for two weeks. That's not a counselor. Well, a counselor is one you can call on instantly and he hears. The Bible says Christ, the Lord Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, there to forever make intercession for you and I. His name should be called Counselor. Amen. Amen. And Jesus encourages us to seek his counsel when we need something, when you don't understand, when you don't know what to do, you don't know how to proceed, you don't know how to respond. What does he say to us? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. His name will be called Counselor. Hallelujah. Sometimes the best counselor It's just a friend that you can talk to. Probably that's why moms are such a good counselor to even grown kids. They just know mom will sit and listen. They won't be like dad, us guys, you know, we're we're bad. We just won't fix it, right? We don't want to just hear hear and listen to you cry. We're We're going to fix the problem so that you don't have to cry anymore, right? But sometimes the best counselor is just one that'll listen. And Jesus will listen to us. He'll be that shoulder to cry on and that ear to talk to. Amen. Sometimes we just need a friend that understands our situation. And sometimes we need a listening ear. I want you to think about something John's, uh, Jesus said in John chapter 15. 
I love John 14, 15, 16, talking about the Holy Spirit when Jesus was going to leave. Great passage of Scripture, but I never put it into this category of talking about Jesus being a counselor, but it's talking about He's our friend. Jesus said this, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Wait a minute. You mean God's not against me all the time? God wants to be my friend? Jesus said, you're my friend. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master's doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my Father I've made known to you. We know what Jesus is doing in this earth. Sometimes it takes us a long time to figure out what part we play in that. But we know that Jesus is in the business of saving people from their sins. And that He works to that end all the time. And He uses you and I. And He said, I'm your friend. When He said in Isaiah... His name will be called Counselor. He's a friend. Amen. He's approachable. So in closing statement today, whether we seek godly wisdom for daily living, deep spiritual truth, maybe it's help in an impossible situation, or just a friend to talk to, whatever we're seeking, Jesus is Counselor. Amen. As we said a minute ago, even sometimes your closest friend on earth, you can't get a hold of them. They're busy. They're doing something else. They're away from their phone, away from their house, whatever. Jesus is counselor. He's not limited. We can call on him any moment of any day. So whatever we need, he can advise us on the right thing to do. You ever needed Jesus' counsel? Lord, I don't know what to do got a good buddy of mine I work with put it in a really tough situation this week and called me and said Lord Rick I need you the Lord to help me and guide me will you pray with me brother I'll pray with you pray for you and God will work this out but he was pleading with the counselor Lord tell me what to do in this situation and the Lord gave him clear instructions and the way that it worked out was perfect because had he been left to his flesh and his own anger, it might have wouldn't have went that well. But he talked to the counselor. Hallelujah. When we need a friend, Jesus is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. It's talked about in Proverbs. The Bible says he'll not leave us nor forsake us. Even when we make mistakes, even maybe we might embarrass him, much less ourselves, he's still our friend. Why? Because his name is Counselor. He loves us. Amen. The Holy Scriptures testify that the Messiah would be all of these things that I've talked about today. A man of profound godly wisdom and someone approachable that was like a friend. Counselor. That'd be his very name. We've demonstrated and we've seen in the Scriptures Jesus fulfilled those things. Not only did He fulfill them, what also does Isaiah 9 and 7 say? 
that his government will not end and his kingdom will go on and on. So he's still fulfilling the role of counselor today. Not just the years he lived here on earth, but he's still the counselor because he governs in his kingdom as counselor. Got a problem? Ask me. Don't know what to do? Ask me. Don't understand the words, the scriptures? Ask me. Counselor. Amen. So he fulfilled and continues to fulfill the office of counselor in his kingdom upon his throne. Hallelujah. His name is Counselor. Blessed be his name forever. Amen. He governs his kingdom as counselor and his, continu- his kingdom continues even to this day. His counsel is pure. It is true. It's just. And it's holy. His name is called Counselor. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we have delivered the words which you've given about Lord, our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, whose name is also called Counselor. Hallelujah. Lord, so many times in my life, I have known you in this, in this way as Counselor. Oh, Father, many of the choices I've made in life and made mistakes is because I didn't ask you, the Counselor, first. But we've seen here, Lord, through your word, in the words which you've given me, God, you, you have sent the Counselor, your Son, Jesus. That's what His name actually is said will be called because He is that one with godly wisdom. He is that one that is approachable and is a friend to us. Father, we thank You, Lord, for this wonderful gift that was prophesied in Isaiah 700 and some years before Jesus even came. And now we look back 2,000 years to that day and we see that this kingdom and this government is still going and still going and that he still, even to this day, reigns as the counselor. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that each and every person has been encouraged by thy word today that we can come to Jesus. He is the counselor and he will help us and advise us in everything we need in life. And we know that his advice will be right and it will not be skewed by selfish ambitions. So Father, I pray that today for each and every person, that Lord, that your word has touched their hearts today and that they can know and understand even a greater depth that you are the counselor and that is actually what your name is called, is counselor. We thank you for it today, Lord. Father, I pray for each and every person that you keep them safe to the next appointed time we meet. And Lord, we pray that God that will just go and will share this word with others and that uh, maybe someone will glean something from it to also receive encouragement. We pray it all today in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.